record. Okay, that'll work. Okay, um, welcome to Jesus TV, Jesus in this mess. Uh, Jonathan and I um, are without Emily this morning, but that's fine. We're with Jesus, and I was just about to share um, a bit of a script and maybe we can use it as a platform to discuss. Um, this is, uh, so I'll just read a bit of it. This, this is a prophecy that Jesus gave me, and it's, it's um, then also, this morning I realized, oh, that's gonna, I'm going to be making that into a movie script. Uh, that's how Jesus talks to me through movies and even personal movies. So this is like a personal movie. Um, but he prophesied to me as the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. So if you have the testimony of Jesus Christ, another way of saying that is if you have a relationship with Jesus Christ, oh, you're into prophecy, whether you know it or not, things as they were, things as they are, things as they shall be. So it starts out this way. I had seen a vision, I knew it, and I knew that God knew it, and I could not deny it. Joseph Smith, History 1. What happened inside, what happened inside of the soul of Joseph Smith? Are, are you, um, I'm sorry, um, Jonathan, did you, can you hear me okay? I can hear you great. Okay. I had seen a vision, and I knew it, and I knew that God knew it, and I could not deny it. Joseph Smith, History 1. What happened inside of the soul of Joseph Smith on that spring day in 1820 set that farm boy, Joseph Smith, on fire, so much so that Joseph Smith could not only not deny his experience, he could not for the rest of his life stop himself from talking about it and subsequent otherworldly things that happened to him. Talking about it, he did everywhere, everywhere he went much to the chagrin of those unbelievers around him who did not want to hear at all about Joseph Smith's relationship with Jesus, nor the things Jesus was telling, revealing to Joseph Smith, and to the chagrin even of those good religious people who grew tired of hearing the approximately same stories and approximately same ideas and concepts coming out of Joseph Smith's mouth let alone out of the mouth of other deep converts to the fire of the restoration. What happened to the soul of Joseph Smith on that spring day in 1820 is that Joseph Smith became possessed by a Holy Spirit, the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of Revelation, which burns like a fire, dangerously wild from the perspective of non-believers and others who are not on fire, so to speak. For those who can receive it, in 2023, members of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints stand on the precipice of a mighty cultural shift and attendant hardships coming fire that will be pre precipitated by a great worldwide calamity coinciding with the fall of Babylon, that great and spacious building, which falls even now underway for those who have eyes to see. Check out the recent fall of the institutions of journalism and science. It's now falling, picking up speed. A still small voice seems to say to me, great, I don't arrange 
Don't arrange furniture on the Titanic. It's go time. Um, I won't keep going into it, so I will just stop. Any thoughts about the Joseph Smith? Uh, he basically possessed. Um, any thoughts there, Jonathan? Um, you know, I actually cut out for the middle part. I heard the beginning part about Joseph, and then I heard the end part about that there's a great calamity coming. Um, can you okay. well, uh, fill in the middle part for me real quick? Sure. Um, Joseph Smith didn't stop himself from talking about it. And subsequent otherworldly things that happened to him, talking about it, he did everywhere, everywhere he went. Much of the chagrin of those unbelievers around him who did not want to hear at all about Joseph Smith's relationship with Jesus, nor the things Jesus was telling and revealing to Joseph Smith. And to the chagrin of those, even good religious people who grew tired of hearing the approximately same stories and approximately same ideas and concepts coming out of Joseph Smith's mouth, let alone out of the mouth of other deep converts to the fire of the restoration. And so that is the part that, um, uh, yeah, the name is that one. Okay, yeah, so um, I have a couple thoughts, I guess. Number one, um, I kind of get that. Um, it's uh, something happens and you can't stop talking about it. Um, and, uh, you know, I think for myself, it's like um, that I think there are some things that perhaps come and they're so clear. Other things come and they are more like glimpses. And so it's like it's something that gets your mind forever, like a dream, you know, like... Um, like if, if if you were walking down the road and an angel appeared and said something to you, told you to do something, etc., well then you'd have a lot of clarity about what you're supposed to do about that. You know, like you know, the angel appeared, this is what he said, etc. But if you had a dream and the dream was kind of wild and but you knew it was significant and you prayed about it and then you had some thoughts that came you know and the thoughts felt inspired but they also felt like they might be influenced by your own thoughts um and yet you knew that the whole thing was of god you know well then that would be something that you'd continue to think about you know kind of like nephi talked about I, I ponder continually upon the things that God has, has shown me. And so, so it's, it's like, um, you know, if God says something definitive, well, then it's like, it's like now, you know, there's no unclarity about it, but whenever it comes in symbolism, then you're kind of wondering about it forever. Um, and different interpretations come through time different thoughts come through time. And um, so that's my first thought. And maybe we can talk about that because it's almost like two types of prophecy, two types of revelation. And, um, and 
one leads to very clear and decisive action, and then the other one does lead to action, but it, it's like the interpretation can change over time. Um, I think I've received more of the latter and less of the former. Um, and then the last thing, as far as what's coming, it's really interesting to me. That's kind of a uh, another subject, um, but I would be curious to talk about it because on the one hand, sometimes the way I feel is that what's happening is what has always happened, you know, that it's no different than the past. And yes, something may be happening soon. And obviously something's going to happen. People who aren't religious say that something is coming down soon, whether it's next year or the year after that or whatever. Which door do you go in? in the front. Okay. So, um, so everybody's in agreement about that, but it's like, you know, I think I've leaned more towards the idea that it's like, well, yeah, it's just, it's just one more of the many tumults. But then on the other hand, now and then, do you go in here? Perfect. I'll come around and help you out. On the other hand, I'll, I'll, fin I'll, I'll finish my thought with this, and then I, I need to do something else for two seconds. But basically, um, the thought is that then there are other times that it's like I look at it, and I look at how everything is poised for it to be a worldwide thing like this. No, stop it, Joey. Um, and I have this realization that there is sooner or later something that is unprecedented in the history of the world coming. I'll pass it back. Okay. Yeah. Um, well, this is on my mind because of um, my own personal experiences, and that's oftentimes how God speaks to us. Um, in a personal way. So what, what happened to Joseph Smith was very personal for him and only for him until it wasn't only for him. And so God can use personal experiences, personal questions. So Joseph Smith had a question, <laughs> the main question like, he's feeling dirty. He's feeling like um, lost. I remember, maybe I'll go to hell. And he just wanted to get right with the Lord, make sure like, are we okay? And so um, he was studying the scriptures and he realized he could ask God. And so he did. And so his personal quest opened up a portal. Um, based on it, yeah. Sorry. Um, so I just, I had this thought like, you're very, very crackly. And, um, oh, okay. yeah, and my, I don't my know if that was just... Okay. Is this better? Um, yeah, that's better. No. That's better. I think it's the headphones. Okay. Well, I'll have to keep that in mind. Maybe my headphones are getting old. Just, uh, just kind of speak up because the microphone isn't quite as good on your computer. So. Okay. Yeah. Um, so I was speaking of um, where personal experiences uh, can become, uh, God can use those personal experiences to, um, light a fire that goes further and that's often his intent is he'll have a point in time that something um, 
spiritual is happening to somebody and he'll take their question and, and broaden it up unexpectedly. So I think what happened to Joseph Smith was unexpected. Um, but that's what's happened to me too. I um, have had uh, an experience and a number of subsequent experiences that follow that same pattern. So whatever happens to Joseph Smith or any of the prophets you read about is um, translatable because God is no respecter of persons. He doesn't like, oh, I'm just going to do this for this person. Now you'll have a, a different experience uh, um, than any individual. So that's true. But the idea of God taking um, an individual's experience and extrapolating that so that it affects all those around. No, that's going on all the time. Um, and to whatever extent God wants it to. Um, and so that, can you hear me okay, Jonathan? Yes, yep, I can hear you good. It's, um, it's keep going, you're, you're doing great. Okay, and so, um, yeah, where this is going. Um, so I'll just kind of summarize. I don't mind spoiler alert. Um, God has been assembling this um, understanding because one of the main things is he, is he doesn't want me to get shut down. Um, uh, he doesn't want that fire to be doused. Um, so Joseph Smith could have um, had an experience like he did and just kind of kept it to himself. And if that's what God put in his heart to do, then then that'd be great and then that'd be correct. Um, but that was not God's intent. In fact, as the, the script that I just read implies, he became possessed of a spirit that would not stop. He continued to repeat his story and adjust it. Uh, um, so his documentation, you know, the experience was whatever it was, but his understanding of experience like you pointed out, Jonathan, our understanding, because we're human, like we have a religious experience, we may be re revising that or understanding it differently for the rest of our lives. Uh, and some people say, well, then you shouldn't be sharing it until you got it figured out. Um, and they can have that opinion. And they can have their shoulds and woulds. Um, but ultimately, um, that's resolved, I believe, best in Christ. What does Christ tell you to do? And so Joseph Smith continued to share that all the time with people who were interested, weren't interested, used to be interested, but now we're tired of hearing it. Um, and so um, the spirit of revelation has been described as a fire and, and a raging fire. Um, and it... Um, when you talk about fire, um, yeah, there's some, some fires that are controlled, like the lamp fire. But there's some fires um, that go beyond an individual's capacity to control that um, fire. Um, and it is God's intent sometimes to have people possessed to an extent that 
they can't help themselves, that their natural inclination, like Joseph Smith's natural inclination, he seemed like a guy who's trying to get along with people. That's his inclination. But in his own words, I could not deny it, not for convenience sake or whatever. And, and he didn't deny it, and he didn't stop talking about it. And so um, where this connects to my personal experience is I got born again in 2015. And anyone around me would say, oh, he just keeps repeating that. He just keeps repeating it. Correct. Uh, as though he can't help himself. Correct. As though there's a fire in him. Uh, yeah. And some maybe devil fire um, or godly fire. Um, and that's what I'm aware of because I've, I've recently had God's spirit, a uh, greater portion of his spirit or a, a fiery spirit that has been encouraging me to go boldly uh, where I've not yet gone before. And um, I recognized, man, that's a fire. It's burning in me, a desire. And so most people have had um, passion and have, have had passions that run so deep they can't help themselves. Like, I just keep thinking about that girl. I just keep thinking about that girl. I can't stop myself. I just think about her or food or whatever. So we know what that's like to have almost like a fire of desire. And there's songs about that. Um, and because there's things that can kind of overtake one's body, like, oh, just so excited. Well, that's, that is an approximation of what has been described spiritually. And that's what happened to Joseph Smith. And it happened to me. And um, what I'm experiencing, what Joseph Smith did, and this is what God wants to make sure that it doesn't happen. He does not want it extinguished. He does not want it canceled. He wants me to continue on. Even if people don't want to hear about it, they can turn the channel. They can turn away. They can say what they want. You've already told us that, Greg. You've already said that. Why do you keep going on? I was like, um, because I'm possessed by a spirit. This is, this is the, the main emphasis I'm sorry, guys. It says in the last days that um, people will become possessed by the devil's anger, and they won't be able to help themselves. These are our brothers and sisters who, on the one hand, they're so possessed that they just they can't stop themselves. They've been possessed to such an extent, they just can't control it. And so they're going to be vile. They're going to do all kinds of dark stuff. They're possessed by a spirit. That's one framework. Well, as it is on the one hand, so shall it be on the other. This is what I'm hearing from God. There's going to be people, not all of them, but there's going to be people, because not all the bad, bad people are going to be possessed at this level. But there's going to be people who are possessed by the Spirit of God, and they won't be able to help themselves. They'll just like, the, their mouth will start proclaiming things like, oh, this is not going to be popular, but I can't stop myself. I have to say these things. And they're going to get pushback. Um, Joseph Smith got pushback. You open that fire upon um, the wicked, take the truth to be hard. Another way of saying that is people who are tired of hearing you talk about that, they want it shut down. And they can do it through nice social Oh, you already told us that. So in The Chosen, there's this woman named Fotina. And she, um, Jesus actually chooses her because she... He knows once he lights her fire, which he did at the well, she was the Samaritan at the well. Once he lights that fire, uh, there's no stopping her. She says, you are the Christ. I'm going to tell everyone. He goes, 
I was counting on it. He was strategically lighting the fire. Whatever was inside of whatever was broken inside of her, he knew once that fire's lit, she won't be able to stop it. And so there's just another, and, and, and that's um, uh, season one, um, the last episode. Well, season two, episode one, you see Simon going to buy wine and Fatina approaches her, um, uh, um, approaches him as he's buying wine from the shopkeeper. And Fatina um, tells the shopkeeper, uh, and this is what Jesus wanted, and I captured it this morning. I'm like, okay, this goes in the movie. So Fatina is telling the shopkeeper, um, this Jesus told me everything about myself. And the shopkeeper is a little irritated, you could tell. She says, we know, Fatina, you've already told us that. Um, uh, we believe in him because we heard his words. So in other words, she's already on fire too, but, but she has an irritation. It's like, quit, quit doing this. You can kind of hear her like, quit, quit talking about that. You already said that. But see, Fatina can't. And people can say, well, that's because she's awkward. And, and they, they portray her in the, in the Chosen. But God will choose that. He'll choose awkward people like Joseph Smith, who can't keep his mouth closed. Um, and he will choose people. And But I'm describing what Jesus is describing to me. It's a fire, Greg. Do you think it's controllable? Once you're possessed of a devil spirit, you're, you're going to start losing control. Once you're possessed and you have experiences that go really deep, you're going to have your have a hard time controlling that tongue of yours you and i want that i want you to be civilly disobedient uh in many cases so anyhow that's what the movie is to um give me comfort uh because of what i've got to do and what i'm already doing i've already had people try to shut me down like oh you're always talking about that uh and um don't you think we're born again you keep saying you're born again like you're the only one and so that's shutdown language. That is the devil's language. And that's what people do. I mean, that's and, and normal people. It's like, oh, it's not the devil. It's just, I just don't want to hear that. Right. Do you have compassion for what's, what I'm experiencing or what Fotina is experiencing or what Joseph Smith? There's a reason why they just, they can't keep themselves from doing that. Um, so, um, and anyhow, that's it. Um, uh, th that's what I'm experiencing. And God's helping me resolve those energies, understand them, that if I will keep going to him, he will keep lighting that fire. And he intends to, and I'm not to resist it. I'm not to be shamed into quietness. I, I have to manage that fire and, and be respectful of people. So I don't talk at church, but I do outside. So it's a, it's a fire, um, just, just like, you know, forest service manage fires. You can't really always manage the fire, but they have like controlled burns or if a fire starts with, with lightning, they hope to control it, but that's the nature of devil spirit. And, and, and this is spirit possession. So at the root is a spirit possession and it's natural because Jonathan, I just earlier this morning talked about it's natural for, for the human being to just want to retreat go like okay um i i don't want to share these things anymore i'm tired of the rejection I, I i get this idea people don't want to hear from me and god's saying i don't want that greg i want you to burn i'm like okay you got to help me so that's what he's helped me with the movies 
that, does that explain enough, Jonathan, what, what I'm talking about? Yeah, I think so. Um, so I'll make a couple of comments about it. Um, so um, I think there's not a conflict in the two things. Um, I um, I only got a chance to listen to half of the recording you sent me this morning um, because I was busy doing some other stuff. I'll listen to the rest later. Um, but um, but um, what was I going to say? Well, I, I'll just touch on a couple of things you said. Number one, um, wherein there is... Um, you talked about waiting until you have it all clear. I think there is a time for that. Um, there's a time to wait. Um, and I, I remember a friend of mine saying, um, I don't have anything to say. And I knew that this particular person had a, a particularly um, articulate mission. I, I knew that. But he hadn't yet found it. He just, it, it wasn't, it, the fire had not been lit, to use your language. Um, so there's a time for that. But then there comes a time where it's enough. And I guess only God can decide that. And um, I remember a point at which he told me, um, he told me that I had been right in waiting because it was like unripe fruit. And he basically said, it was right for you to wait for the fruit to ripen. He says, but now begin to open your mouth. And, um, and I remember at the time not knowing if I felt comfortable opening my mouth. And the interesting thing was, is that the minute that I began to open my mouth, all the, it, it was something that, I, it was amazing to watch how, um, kind of like you mentioned Joseph, um, and it was like, yeah, kind of that's what happened. It was like, it was, it was unnatural almost. It's like, you know, fourteen-year-old boy says, "Yeah, I had this vision." It's like, who cares? <laughs> you know, it's like, it's a fourteen-year-old boy. The reaction was unnatural. It it just didn't make any sense. And the same thing happened with me. It was like the reaction when I actually did begin to open my mouth was just like, "Oh my gosh, what is going on?" And um, and I'm kind of grateful because it feels like it's burned up everything that I could possibly care about. Um, I'm not grateful that it's burned everything that I care about. I'm grateful that um, I don't have anything else left to lose. Um, there's nothing that I'm waiting to drop. You know, it's like there's nothing that I'm waiting to lose, that I'm waiting mm -hmm. that wondering if I could lose. It's like, it's like, um, whatever that message was has already 
gone like a wildfire and just burned everything. And um, and what's interesting is that it's it's even more than what you say. It's what you are. It's like I've learned that it's like it's like your very presence when you come to have a certain spirit within you um, can be com so completely offensive to um, to people who weren't expecting it. <laughs> um, and so, um, yeah, it's kind of strange. But um, as far as... Um, to go back, to give a little bit of context to what Greg is saying, if anybody's listening, <laughs> but to give some context, I had been mentioning, it's like, I feel like I'm tired of trying to figure it out. That's what I sent to Greg yesterday. And it's a surprise to me. Um, and I, I actually think it's not so much that I'm tired of talking. It's that I'm tired of, it feels like so much it's like, I guess my gift is that it's like one of my gifts is that just that I'm able to make connections that other people don't make. Um, and so like, I feel like it's almost God shines the light on this over here and I see it and it goes into process. And then he shines a light over here and a light over here on somewhat times what feels like totally opposing things that connection sense, and that even oppose each other and then my mind like won't rest until it's been brought to um to clarity and and to like a to to be brought into one truth like the truth can be circumscribed into one whole so it's like until it's come into the whole and made sense it's like um and that's i think what i'm tired of is that it's like it's like I'm coming to a point where it's like, I can't make sense of this world. It's like, it's like, it's a beautiful world. that's also treacherous. And it's like, it's good and both, both good and bad. And it's just beyond me. It's, it's, I just, I, I can't, I can't, I, 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 I've, I've come to certain frameworks that make me help me make sense of it. But um, I find myself wanting to retreat. And um, interestingly, um, for me, I think that the place to retreat is into symbols because symbols are not concrete. That's why perhaps I, I keep feeling drawn into the fiction, the fiction that I write, because you don't have to tell it how it is. You can tell it how it is with symbols and people can interpret it in their own ways. And wouldn't that be strange to find out that like John the Revelator, after he'd received all that stuff was like, I don't know what it means. <laughs> I have no idea. But like you said, even when you retreat into that place, it doesn't mean that you shut your mouth. It's like, 
it's like I write a poem every day and I will write another poem today. It's like, you know, I'll be opening my mouth till the day I die. That doesn't mean that I have it figured out. It's like, and I don't think that we're excused from opening our mouths once we come to have something to say, like you're describing. I don't think we're excused in closing our mouths just because the mystery of God is too much for us. It's like, all the more, it's like, that means you've seen more of it. Does that make sense? Like, like yeah. when it becomes baffling, that means that you've seen something. It's like, it's like, you know, um, Ezekiel or Daniel, it's like when, you know, they've seen the vision of the Lord and, and they're just aghast, you know, and the only way they can describe it is with these seraphs with three sets of wings and, you know, and the, the, this altar that, you know, is in the sky and that comes down and this goat that comes and does this thing and these, you know, because it's like, um, and so um, when you have no, I'll say they make this my last comment. When you have no other way to describe the mystery, that's when you begin to tell a story, when you begin to use a symbol. Because, and don't think the people who read it, don't think that you're excused you know, it's like just because it's masked in symbolism doesn't mean that there's not something there. It's like, it's like that's when you're getting into the real depths of, and you talk about the, the great tumult that's coming, you know, it's like, oh yeah, well, the prophets have always described that great last thing in symbols because there's no way to describe it in literal terms, you know, and it's something that does happen over and over and it will happen one great and last time. I'll pass it back with that. Yeah, so I like that comment um, that we are symbolic creatures. In fact, everything is a symbol, languages, and so we, we treat them sometimes as separate because there's, with, with language, you can get more precise, but you build down anything language-wise, and you're going to find you just open up history, and, and, and you've got to use more words to describe what that is. It's never-ending. Um, and so words are symbols, um, not the only ones. Uh, I'm drawn to um, to resolve these complexities, and I'm not alone in that. Um, I, I study a lot of uh, rock music musicians in particular, but other musicians as well, who are led to um, try to understand like love and relationships through music um, and, uh, and understanding themselves. So I think about the rock band uh, Van Halen, um, they surprise their um, listeners. And this happens to a lot of rock bands. They, they want to explore something else than what they were doing, what made them popular. People like, oh, we really love that, that sound you got. And then all of a sudden, Van Halen opens up with this other thing. Um, big bad bill, don't fight anymore. He's doing the dishes, mopping up that floor. We used to go out drinking and looking for a fight. 
Now he's got to see that sweet woman every night. And so all of a sudden you got, um, what's his name? Um, uh, uh, David Lee Roth um, doing this jazzy um, stuff on a rec record album. And it kind of offended some of these fans. It's like, hey, 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 preacher, you need to be preaching the way you preached before. You're going outside the Bible. Bible being classic rock. What's this? But if you understood um, his roots, it, um, and you, you read about it, you go like, oh, he likes other music. And in fact, some of the roots of his the classic rock that we've been listening to involve maybe black spirituals, um, involve his uh, experience, I think it was with, with his father, um, who was into music. And his dad wasn't into hard rock. His dad was into um, maybe jazz and so forth. And so maybe he's using the music as a way to connect with his dad. And, well, don't do that for your audiences. Um, but some of these rock stars, by very definition, they're like, Hey, I don't bow down to the authority. You think you're the man? I'm the one who writes my stuff. So they, they, um, they have to finally um, realize this is the world I want to create. And if, if I have to forego some money, so be it. And so this has happened. I can think of uh, Queen, the same thing. Just a second. I let the dog out. The nasty dog. Little William, they had dogs. Interrupting our Jesus Yeah, so I think of others, others, Queen, when they came out with their hot space, um, Rolling Stones, same thing. You would find people, um, some, a lot of people, like, oh, man, I like that new stuff. But other people, like, you're not following the Bible of our understanding. It's when Joseph Smith received revelations, and he said, I can't deny it, and God knows it. Um, he was starting to go off, off the reservation. Um, and... That reservation was kind of loosely defined anyways, because he was living during a period of much tumult where somebody was saying, it's grace, it's works, it's, and, 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 but, but he stepped way outside the middle level, questioning it all, like, what if you're all wrong? Um, and that's what he received. And so then he starts saying that for the rest of his life. Um, but I mentioned musicians because, they can be pretty passionate people, and they'll start stepping beyond the bounds of what is financially viable for them. They'll know, like, yeah, I'm, I'm taking a risk here, but this is what I want to do. I didn't get into this music to please anybody. I like music just independently, and this is a story I want to tell. I can't tell you why. It's just I wake up in the morning, and I've got this story, and it's going to come out. And so that is an approximation of what's happened to me. Possessed by a spirit, you can call it, passionate about something. John, if I saw your hand up, did you have a comment on uh, you, you don't have your speaker thing on. So uh, can you hear me I now? I can't hear you. Oh, there we go. Yeah. Yep. So uh, the... I was just going to say, um, yeah, I, 
Uh, it's interesting to me. You're talking about Joseph. Um, uh, and it's funny to me um, that people, uh, I think I'm finally resolving myself or coming to the place where I accept the fact that what I have to offer is not for the world um, as a whole. And yet it is. <laughs> um, and so it's, it's, it's a strange paradox, but um, it's, I have to admit it's something I don't understand. And I have to just have compassion on people who can't accept things. You mentioned, um, you know, the people who didn't like the new, the new music that the people are putting out. I totally get that because I am the same way most of the time, you know, I, I like a certain type of music and if they're going to change genres, you know, it's like, I'm not the biggest fan of jazz. And so, you know, it's like, yeah, if they start doing jazz, I'm not going to be angry with them, but I'm also just not going to listen. On the other hand, when it comes to truth, that's something that I just don't understand. I don't understand the, um, the, that it seems like the vast majority of the world doesn't want truth to come from anywhere, but, but where they want it to come from. And it's something that I, I'll just say it again, I guess. I don't understand it. I, I, I don't, um, I don't comprehend it. And, um, and I don't know how much of the reason why they don't like that is just their own spiritual inclination, um, or how much was passed down from their parents. Um, and they're kind of, they just can't control it. I just can't, I just don't know why I just can't handle truth coming from anywhere, but you know, where I want it to come from. But, um, but I know this, that attitude keeps people in darkness. That is the attitude that binds people up and keeps them from receiving the truth. And, um, it's been the same through all history. It's, it was in the chosen, the, you know, I, I found it interesting that, you know, he was pointing that out with Nicodemus and the other Pharisee that, the one who could accept the new thing and the one that didn't want the new thing. And, um, and so, so yeah, it's like, you know, um, you know, if there's any question about it, it's like, I clearly um, am very grateful for the things that came through Joseph Smith, not because I have, I'm trying to tote any religion or any, anything. I just am grateful for it because I cannot deny how much truth is there. I wonder if the reason why people reject things like that is because it's pushed on them sometimes. It's like it's there's no no ill feelings towards the church or anything. It's just that, you know, there's a um, a sales kind of push. You know, it's like we're going to sell this and you've got to buy our culture. You've got to buy everything about us in order to embrace, you know, the book. Um, and it's like. It's like, you know, I kind of wonder if we entered into a new world. It's like a while back, I, I was again listening to um, the uh, the Tao Te Ching by Lao Tzu. Um, and it's like, man, I'm sorry, but it's like many of those, those writings, it's like they are undeniably of God and just, oh my gosh, so incredible. And, um, and so somebody nowadays, they pick up the Bhagavad Gita or they pick up some other, you know, thing that somebody, you know, considers to be scripture or to be, um, 
And um, so, yeah, there's a line in the sand that's being drawn for me. And that's, I'll make this my last comment. There's a line in the sand, I think. It's like, it's like, if you can't handle the fact that, like, I think that there's some truth in Mormonism, a lot of it, that I think that there's some truth in um, Buddhism or in traditional Christianity or someplace else, it's like, um, then it's like, that's got to be okay. And it's got to be okay that we love each other, but that we, um, but that we, we stay in different camps. And I'm looking forward to my camp. I think my camp is going to be people who love the truth, wherever it comes from. And, um, and that means they're willing to read things that are, um, that their parents would have told them, watch out, don't read that. Right, right. It's a slippery slope. All of a sudden you're going to get converted and, and you'll know, turn into some kind of monk uh, and some weird stuff. Um, yeah, that's, uh, I, and that's what I'm open to. And uh, the truth is, <laughs> Is everybody, for instance, homeschooled? I don't like homeschool. Oh, homeschool is just crazy. But if you say, okay, we'll define homeschool. And if they define it carefully, they can then exclude some homeschooling that's going on widespread, which is everybody homeschools. Teachers will tell you, go to public schools and say, where do kids learn the most important things that they learn? Parents. That's why we try to involve parents in the education process. Well, that's home. That's homeschool. Oh, you telling me that making your kids do chores and learning how to get along is school? Well, if it's not, then I question what school is all about. If that's not fundamental to schooling, well, you're just messing with definitions, am I? Or is there a truth about schooling that's not fully acknowledged? Because maybe schools want to just find that school. No, but Teachers, once again, administrators, uh, they know that you can tell a lot about how a person's going to do ac academically by the home they grew up in. Oh, really? In meaning there's some schooling going on? Well, yeah, homework. No, we're talking massive kind of schooling that's going on. And so the fact that people are finding truths through various ways, it's ubiquitous. Now, whether they want to acknowledge that, well, I don't pick that, that book there, and I don't read the Torah, yeah, right, but you are getting sources of truth from all areas, because this enlightenment period, we've been through it, and we're still part of it, God's pouring down his truth to all kinds of people, and you base your very life, you go to the medical establishment, that's God's truth, anything lovely, good or poor, is really, that's God. So the American Medical Association, um, they have some truth. <laughs> you're, you're risking your life. You're paying insurance on that. Yes, they're good things. They're true things. Well, that's different than religion, is it? Because what's religion about? I am the way, the truth, the light. And so people make these distinctions that aren't, don't hold up very well on close inspection. But it's okay. That's actually how we create our bubbles, our safe bubbles, 
mom and dad, okay, this is religion and this other stuff. Uh, well, we don't know. We don't have names for it. And I do. It's called lovely, good report, and praiseworthy. And that's all Jesus. That comes from Jesus. So I have a wide net. Anything that be good report for it could be a classic rock song. That's from Jesus. Guarantee you. Now, how much Jesus is in there, that's a whole different question. It may not be a whole lot, but there may be quite a bit. Go ahead, Jonathan. Um, yeah, so I think you're hitting on the very thing that um, that I grapple with and that I'm grappling with right now. And that is that it's like anytime that you say something outright, you discover that you're wrong. It's like if I say anything about the American Medical Association, um, I'm going to be wrong. It's That's the problem is that it's like, well, what's good? And the more I go down this path, the less I know. It's like, I don't know what's good. I don't know what's good. You know, it's like... It's like, I, I don't think it's good that, you know, it's like that that we've gotten to such a place of opulence. And so, Jonathan, are you saying that there shouldn't be wealth? Uh, no. No, because it's kind of good in other ways. Like, no, I, I actually think, you know, it's like, so what, so then, you know, it's like, I look at poverty. It's like, I've seen some huge examples of how poverty just destroys people just destroys their whole psyche. I mean, to the point where it's like they can't even function in normal life if they if they are raised with too much poverty, too much deprivation, too much. And so it's like, are you saying that poverty is bad? Because I thought you said that being rich was bad. You know, it's like, uh, I don't know what I'm saying. You know, it's like, like good. Me, it's yeah, that's a that's a good description. Yeah. And then, like, I remember God, like, saying to me at one point, like, you know, it's like, you won't need doctors from here on out. And I don't know quite what he meant. Is it like, did you mean the rest of the year? Do you mean the rest of my life? You know, but it was a real revelation, like, because I can usually tell if it's, it, you know, it's like, sometimes I wonder, but this one's stuck. It's like, it's like, no, you know, to the point where it's like, I, I really wouldn't go to the doctor unless I felt specifically impressed you. And I could be like dying, I think. And I still wouldn't go. I'd just be trusting, you know. And it's like, it's like, so what are you saying? Are you saying that doctors are bad? And it's like, there's a part of me that like, I'm kind of to the point. It's like, I see so much evil in that organism, you know, in that whole system that it's like, there's a part of me, there's some days I'll come right out and say, if you've read some of my writings, it's like, this ain't good. You know, this is the way we do. This isn't good. So are you saying it's bad? I don't know, because it's kind of good, you know? And so it's just, it's just, you know, it's like, you know, same with housing. Remember, I went on this housing kick for a while. It's like the way we deal with housing is so bad, you know? So you're, what are you saying? Are you really saying, you know, it's like, and, and it's like some, the way I feel lately is just, I kind of want to like curl up in a corner and cry because I don't know. <laughs> I just like, I'm sitting in a corner like a child, like, I can't say anything about anything because it's such a mystery. And what I really come down to, and this, uh, this is, uh, this is the point, I think I'm really coming to a place where the, there's only one thing that I know is good. And that's God, God in heaven. And it's like, that's what Christ said when they said, good master. He said, don't call me good. No, no, there's only one. That's the father in heaven. And that's what I'm kind of coming to. And that's what creates a mourning in my heart is that it's like, 
why won't people come to God? It's like, it's like, I can't solve your problems. I can't formulate and show you the truth clearly enough to, to make you, um, to make you see the truth because the minute I say something, it's going to be a lie. The minute I say something decisively, there'll be a way in which I'm lying and not telling the truth. And so it's like, all I can do is say, you're going to have to go to God, but people won't. And that just makes me mourn in my heart. Like, so I'll pass it back with that. No, it's good. That was um, very good. Um, your, your comments that you shared offline, that helps bring clarity. You gave an example of that, uh, you know, is, is having mortgage good or bad? Is having medical help good or bad? Like, well, person. The truth is that's resolved in the scriptures for me, opposition in all things. So these tensions, like the truth shall set you free, but the truth will bring you ambiguity. Well, which is it, Jesus? Um, truth or ambiguity? It's both. So our mortal minds like, okay, so the more I trust you, the more vulnerable I'll make you. Well, then how am I going to trust you? You're making me vulnerable. And the more committed you are to me, Greg, I'll increase the risk. You'll feel like, man, I'm taking bigger and bigger risks. The more committed I'm to you. I thought I was going to be in constantness, safety. You're going to hold me close and protect me. But now it's just like I'm at risk and people are questioning what I'm doing. Um, and it's like, yep, that's me. Both. Your, your, your name is tribulation and your name is saving. You save and you tribulation. Yes, that's me. Um, so getting more Jesus could be more trials. Oh, I'm getting more Jesus. I'm hurting here. That's more Jesus. Is that accurate? And God's like, yep. And that's how Anson Everett, um, he was given that endowment. I'm like, I, I keep hearing him saying, you know, in his trials, yeah, I'm getting more Jesus. And he's speaking of his trials. And I knew it was true. So for me, there is a resolve, and it's it's not a comfortable resolve, which is the opposite. It's both, and then you then you just enter the mystery. Uh, what what's the mystery? And it and it never gets solved. That's why uh, musicians keep playing and and singing silly love songs. Well, let me say it again. And this is how it feels, and this is how it feels, and this is how it feels, and they just keep staying on this theme. If they're in the love songs or um, the authority, maybe this is singing about authority and how people are doing this and that. Um, there are angles. And when, you're pa when you have passion in you like that, you seek resolve. And you have those gaps. And so um, John Cougar Mellencamp, or now I've got my John Cougar, I, I John Mellencamp, uh, I just love reading about him. Just, he's so conflicted. He hates being a rock star. He hates all the entrapments it is, and um, and 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 he retreats to his um, his, uh, his above his garage. He's got this room. That's what he does: paint art and and. But he's got these conflictual things. I think he's out on tour even now. I'm doing what he hates. So these these people who interview him will say he's doing what he hates, and. Um, and he's the one that sang the song, Hurt So Good. Yeah, come on, baby, make it hurt so good. So he, he's trying to give voice to the utterance. When I get in love, so he, he was in love with Meg Ryan. 
And now he's the declaration because they broke up and he's, he's owning his own stuff. He's like, I was a shitty um, boyfriend. Uh, he's not blaming her. And, and the truth is, I bet he was. I bet um, because he's a conflicted um, soul. But I love seeing, you know, because he had this song called the Authority Song. I fought authority, authority always wins. What a beautiful thing. Um, he's fighting authority, but he's, he's declaring in his song, authority always wins. I come out of Lenin. So he, he's playing with authority like that. And so these um, oppositional forces that Jonathan and I are talking about, uh, they're real. So like I'm dealing with um, being possessed by Jesus's spirit, and he's having me do stuff that's not going down real well. And it's a nothing but mostly for most people. So <laughs> I know Rosa Parks. I know Joseph Smith. Most people just ignore me like crazy man. But you get close enough to some of my close relations, they're not, they're not as easily dismissing that. They don't like, they don't like it. It seems inappropriate and so forth. Be like your mom and dad. Uh, you know, what, what, what do you mean the prayer for? You becoming some kind of Jew? Get, um, you, you should be studying more uh, the Book of Mormon and, and uh, the Bible. Um, no, I'm looking for correlations. We didn't need to do that. Back in our day, we just did... And so it's the nature of um, existence, uh, these oppositional forces. And um, that's, that's what this Jesus in this mess, the, the name of this program, uh, it, it lights a fire inside me. I'm like, oh, yeah, <laughs> Jesus, let's call it that. Because Emily Powell was finding more Jesus in her um, in the midst of her life, when things were out, out of control. And because in her own mission, she has these control issues. We shouldn't have to feel bad about that. But she realized, always oh, trying to hold things together, was um, keeping her from finding more Jesus, that sometimes you can't find more Jesus without letting it all fall apart. And then trying to put it back together, rinse, repeat. Um, and that is an in, insight um, that I want to pursue. I want to pursue it with people whose lives are messy. So Jonathan McCormick and Muller both have messy lives. If you don't like mess, then don't come over to us. <laughs> because our lives don't represent the... Uh, most containerized stay in the box representations of humanity. There's people who, who do that and God lets them do that and maybe encourages them to do that. It's just not us. And um, so we, we deal with a lot of mess, but we continue to wonder about things. And I find um, that that helps manage this tension. Um, so I want to get along with those around me. I don't want to, shove Jesus down their throat, okay? And I bet jo Joseph Smith didn't. Just turn away, people. You, you, you manage your throat. There's nothing going to... I've never put anything in anybody's throat, but they may feel like I do. Well, uh, that's called the First Amendment. <laughs> There's people that... If you, if you want to say shoving down throat, I felt like when I was born on this earth, they started shoving things down my throat using that parable. And not all of them were good, all right? Um, 
and I go on about what what kind of things are you talking about, Greg? Anybody ever watch TV? This stuff that's being shoved down our throat that's not true. You know, Trump's going to spend all the time in jail. No. <laughs> uh, Biden's going to go to jail. Nope. Quit shoving that down my throat. You know that we've come to a point in history where, oh no, the wicked are not going to be punished for their sins in that environment and in that way. They are. Just keep an eye on it, and you'll see ultimately God will punish them, but no, it's just a show. And, and it's a show that's been pushed down my throat, but I don't, I don't call it that because no one's shoving stuff down my throat. I'm willingly participating in a lot of these collusions, uh, um, and I've been invited, and, and, but I live in a society that's got a lot of noise. I'm finally finding a way to start shutting down some of that noise, and I like it, and it's a fire. I'm like, oh, what more can we do? And so I'm drawn to those things. Um, so alternative church, that's what this is. Jonathan and I have just spent the past hour in this comment, Jonathan. This is an alternative church. Like you heard of homeschool? This is home church. And I do home church. I do. I, I'm actually running late for church because my, my church starts at 10. There's a state conference going on. And my wife and I actually discussed that. And I told her, I said, I have an obligation to this because she wanted me to get in that nice, pretty box. And I said, I'll cancel our Jesus in this mess if you want me to. But she, I'm sure she heard God's spirit, like, no, don't cancel it. But she's a good example for my kids. And like, this is a good example. Somebody who's passionate, really cares about Christ, wants to resolve these issues, doesn't stop. He doesn't stop. He talks of Christ, preaches of Christ, prophesies of Christ. I know this is good. I know it through the scriptures, and otherwise I know it in my soul because I'm finding a peace in, in clamoring after more Jesus. Like, this works, but I can't shut down anybody's throat. I can't make them do it, and that's what God is resolving for me. You're not supposed to, Greg. I said feed my sheep just means throw the hay over by them. That's it. That's, that's We do not shut hay down people's throat. They may think you did. Oh, you threw some hay down here. Quit shoving this down our throats. No, you know how you get it shoved down your throat? You eat it, all right? That's, um, you're being too hypersensitive. Uh, things are not being shoved down your throat. Um, but what you do want to do is cancel this. I do not want to see this hay you're throwing down here. I'm sorry, Jesus told me to feed his sheep. Walk away, find some other so find another program. This is called Jesus TV. Jesus is allowing it. That's how you can marshal your forces to shut it down. Go call, go call Mark Zuckerberg or Bill Gates or somebody and see if they can shut us down. That's the only way it's going to shut down. Or, or if Emily and, and Jonathan go, you talk too long, Gray. I think we're going to quit this. I'm fine with that. <laughs> like, hey, that's just Jesus moving. Um, and so... Yeah, that's. I think that's about it. Yeah, that, um, and I feel I feel that result. That's, what, that's the result where God is saying, "You're not going to shut down, Greg. I do not want you to. Um, I want more fire, and I want you to understand the principles of fire. So I will not go to church talk like this, not not regular church, but I will talk like this on the street till I die, till um, for the next twenty years 
I'll be the street preacher that no one's really listening to because they've turned the channel. And I'm happy. Good. Turn the channel. I don't, I don't want you to feel like I'm force feeding you. You can turn away just as surely as you can to God. You, you already know how to turn away. They turn away from this stuff, Jonathan. Most people have turned away from the Book of Mormon. Oh, you guys are trying to, trying to force feed you? No, we're just inviting you to, and you're inviting us to TikTok. I get invitations all the time. So anyhow, enough of that, Jonathan. I'll give you the last word. Um, just the only last word is, um, what else is there? It's like, I could throw myself into making a million dollars. It's like, what else am I going to do with the rest of my life? I don't have much left. Nobody's going to care. It's like nobody, you know, it's like nobody, you know, there's millions, billions and billions of people lived and died. Nobody cares. Nobody remembers. Nobody's going to remember me. You know, it's like I, I now it's possible. It is possible that I could write something. You know, that's what's in my heart every day, Greg, is it's like, it's like God has said to me, whispered to me, you will live long enough to write everything that's come into your heart. And you know what? That's the only thing I got left. So it's like, what else am I going to do? Yep. Yep. Eventually all graves go unvisited. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 so we just do what we do and, and encourage others to do the same. Because like what Greg, I just want to encourage others to do whatever Jesus puts in their heart. Um and if it's to badmouth the preacher, go ahead. If it's to turn away, do it. I'm not your savior. And that's what Jesus has put in my heart. Um, Jesus is your savior. I'm not. Jonathan's not. You're not my savior. So, um, that's a freedom that God has promised. I will set you free. And I feel it more and more every day where um, I don't care in Christ what other people think of me. If I did, they just, it'll, it'll shut me down. I'd be like a rock star. Oh, I, I can't produce an album. No, because. I would lose so many people that um, are counting on me for music. <laughs> you are so arrogant. You don't think they have other um, uh, um, uh, artists that you can turn to? No, you're not the classic rock song. Go ahead. Risk it. Go ahead. Um, I dare you to. And they do. And they'll, they'll change their genre. Uh, and most people just don't have some people who say, why can't can't really listen, sing something other than country. And there's people who have an affinity for that. So, but ultimately, um, we need to be accountable to what that um, conscience is that's inside of us that says, you know what, you've been selling out to the man too long. I mean, it's okay you've been selling out to the man, but you've been selling out to the man too long. Those days are done, and there's new days ahead. And you're going to have to sacrifice because because you you're hearing my voice. Um, you start doing this way. There's going to be there always is. So you go big on Jesus. Um, Jonathan said, "Yeah, if Jonathan had been able to money, same way with me, we would have had people around us a lot happier." 
if we could just make a bunch of money and be normal level Christians, that's that's all that people really wanted. Just can you just kind of be normal, but make an unusual money? Again, I can see if I can fill up my bones, they would be more happy. Um, there's a part of them that would. There's another part that would be sad. <laughs> but they didn't know what the alternative was. I, I'm now showing them I'm not doing that. I'm going all in on um, infinite things, treasures in heaven, uh, things that mean nothing on earth but mean a lot. <clears throat> and let's see how it plays out. And it's still in play. But I like it. I'm like, you know, it's like, changing the genre of music and like, oh, I'm staying with this. <laughs> I'm like, we used to play country, but now it's, you know, hard rock or punk. Oh, it's just terrible. But but what's he like? He's happier than he's ever been, partly because he doesn't have all those crowds anymore. He he goes and plays in bars. It's just easy logistically. Hey, I'm late, guys. <laughs> Before, he couldn't be late. There's but the fans would riot. Instead, he just walks in the bar, says, hey, I'm a little late. But then he plays a cassette. It's like that weird kind of music he's playing. That's where Jesus has taken me, the music that my heart was meant to play. Um, and difference. Uh, that's why I have a musical universe. I have a musical understanding of God. So that's how I certainly understand. I've seen reactions to people who, when you're defining their musical what they think is worship music, for instance, like, oh, that's inappropriate. Uh, or the uh, the, the artists who are trying to please uh, crowds that, that was an initial success, but now those crowds are moving on to a different thing. So they say, oh, maybe we need to join them and we become disco uh, or some version of that. And um, Rolling Stones did that and they, they kept um, adjusting, and they did it successfully, but others didn't, like Blondie. Okay, this goes over. Now you're going to be unpopular for the rest of your lives. Um, and uh, <laughs> I'm not a rock star, um, but I, I am a Christian who's starting to become a different creature, and I've got these same considerations, just like Jonathan does. Like, what am I supposed to say? Um, like, I don't know the truth either. I, all, all mine are beliefs, Jonathan. So I say what I believe and what God puts in my heart. That's what I believe. And then I think that's a good model. Everybody ought to do that. <laughs> what kind of world is this going to be if everybody, I don't know. I'm interested in seeing it, but generally that's not going to happen. Most people are going to tout a line and not just look what's inside what I need to say. And that's why you have, um, yeah. Anyways, you have that. All right. Well, I could go on. It's an interesting topic, um, but uh, I wish you well, brother, in, in 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 your own resolve, and I, you know, I support you in, you know, your inclinations, uh, and and partly because I know the fire that's inside you, you can't shut it down. You're like, well, I'd like to, correct. But it'll just keep coming out, and um, you'll keep sharing with the world because you've said that to me, and I can tell. Um, and so, um, so will I. And so I just have to adjust to that reality. Like I'm forever changed. 
I, I sold my soul to Jesus. It'd be like, sell it to the devil. I'm sorry. I'm just going to have to do devilish things. You know, I'm sorry. That's just what I'm going to do. I'm going to just cheat, steal, murder. Um, I sold my soul. And, and there's a kingdom, and he's expecting that, and I've got to be beholden. But I didn't sell my soul to the devil. I sold my soul to Jesus. That's what I feel like in 2015. And I'm his. So, like, I'm done with my life. Like, what do you want me to do, Jesus? <laughs> and that's what's rolling out. Really? You want me to do that? Do we need to take a look at the... Oh, that's right. I'm on you. I don't need to look at the papers. I'm on by you. Okay, that's what you want me to do. But you know I, I would like to stay married. You know I'd like to stay... The friends I have are good friends. These are good people, Jesus. Yeah, I still want you to do this. And that's... A, yeah, it's, it's something in play. But... Because... I am. You're looking at a guy who didn't commit suicide, but it's like unto it. Greg died. Um, and that's my story. That's just a story. Maybe a year or two from now, like, no, I was being, that's hyperbole. No, I can do what I want to do. But I don't think so, because <laughs> this feels too good. Like, why? Because this feels too good. This feels too right. This lines up way too much with the scriptures and everything. Everything's lining up now. I'm like, oh, yeah, I'm lining up with what people would call the hero's journey. I don't see my ever, I, I didn't even know you could do this. Whatever this is, I'm loving it. And I need to adjust it, of course, because I don't do it well. So anyways, that's where I'm at, Jonathan. And, and I'd say, and it feels like a fire, like it's a passion. I wake up passionately. Uh, well, actually, I have to work toward getting to passionately when I wake up, because we all wake up depressed, because Sleep is an approximation of death, literally, for our bodies. So, anyhow, after I get my Jesus coffee, so to speak, which is songs and so forth, I get rolling, and that's better than I've ever rolled my entire life, although it's riskier. I'm left more vulnerable, and there's more ambiguity than ever in my life, and yet you still do it, Greg. I'm getting the fruits. It's working, and... Um, yeah. And anything last last comment, John, Jonathan, or make many comments if you want. Nope. All right. Well, thanks for joining us on Jesus TV. We'll see you next week, hopefully, with Emily.